Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. Rockets are not new. The Chinese deployed rockets for warfare centuries ago, and China still dominates the fireworks industry. But rocketry took on a new meaning in the 20th century. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, da-da, as a familiar lead-in, indicating that the rocket scientist is our epitome of genius. The first man to attain this grand status was an American dreamer and inventor named Robert Goddard. He never got a rocket to the moon, much less Mars. His projectiles were usually small, more like javelins, and didn't fly too far, since they needed to be retrieved for study. But the incredible American space program is indebted to him. He was the first to design multi-stage rockets, first to launch a liquid-fueled model, produce a rocket with an inertial guidance system, and the first to send any powered vehicle faster than the speed of sound. Between World War I and World War II, he was the most famous scientist in America, until Einstein arrived. The public lit up at the prospect of space travel. Rocket Man, they called him. Robert was inspired by his father, whom Clary describes as a technological adventurer. He was the first man in Worcester, Massachusetts to own an automobile and a radio. He wired his own house when electricity was still new. The boy, Robert, tinkered with a perpetual motion machine and tried to launch an aluminum balloon. He had personally gone up as high as the cherry tree in his backyard, where he experienced a kind of mystical vision. But he didn't see his first airplane in flight until 1909, when he was 27 years old. Goddard was also inspired by the science fiction of H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. Later, when he was a famous public figure, he found himself portrayed as a fictional character. Dr. Heuer, the brilliant scientist who accompanied Buck Rogers in the popular comic strip, was modeled on Robert, even drawn to resemble him. He was always ambitious, always wanted to be the first. Over his career, he secured 214 patents each one ensuring his reputation, as well as protecting his inventions. Clary says he was isolated in his work because so few people understood his field well enough to converse with him. But Goddard preferred working as a lone wolf. He was not a talented technician, so he worked with a small group of trustworthy assistants to build and test his rockets and swore them to secrecy. He refused to coordinate with other researchers, and it cost him. His failed launches piled up over the years, much higher than his successes. Working on such a small scale, Goddard had to hustle for money. Officially, he was a physics professor, but he couldn't support his costly experiments on his salary. He received early support from the Smithsonian Institute, but his windfall came when Charles Lindbergh endorsed his research. Lindbergh was the most honored hero of his time, and as a flyer, he could also dream of the conquest of the air, and he was a friend of the Guggenheim family, who had very deep pockets and were willing to contribute. Goddard needed them. After some worrisome fires at the launch site, Massachusetts banned any further test flights. So he picked up his equipment and relocated to, of all places, Roswell, New Mexico, later famous for other flying objects. There he would pursue the Guggenheim Rocket Research Project for nine years. Then came the frustrations of World War II. Goddard tried to boost his program by selling the military on rocket-driven weapons. They didn't buy it, even though principles from his research had led directly to Ordnance's proudest achievement, the bazooka. 
Meanwhile, Germany was employing the infamous V-2 rocket, the Terror of London, that their scientists had developed. Goddard was furious, but it was too late to retaliate. He died in the last year of the war. He was succeeded as the world's most famous rocket scientist by Werner von Braun, who had, ironically, designed the V-2 rocket when he was working for the Nazis. Van Braun had emigrated to the United States after the war, where he received a boost from the quintessential American, Walt Disney, who turned him into a television celebrity. An afterthought. The name Goddard derives from goatherd, or more properly, goat herder, as surely as people named Shepherd are descended from sheep herders. Do you suppose the herdsmen's long, lonely nights inspire them to dream of the stars? Or is it just a coincidence that America's first astronaut and the first golfer on the moon was Alan Shepard. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.